Hello, Divine Darlings. We're from Entity. And the last time we were here, we talked about balancing your masculine and feminine energy. So now we thought it'd be great to dive into building a relationship with yourself. But first, some announcements. Of course. Have you signed up for the membership yet? If you haven't... What are you waiting for? We have a wait list. And it's calling you to sign up. All you need is your email, your name, and your phone number. So when we drop that membership... You're the first to know. You'll get all the goods. And you want to know, because it's us. <laughs> and we're calling all business owners and consultants to enter our directory. We basically just want to show you off. So get in our directory, and we'll connect you with yeah. all the customers that you need. Let us show you some love on our Instagram page. And lastly, you can find The Goddess Mindset on Spotify and YouTube. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. So last time we talked about the importance of spending time alone, my favorite. Oh, it is. And it's a really great way to start developing the self. I feel like it's really um, interesting too. It's like, are you one of those people who have a difficult time spending time with yourself? Mm -hmm. Are you one of those people who wants to be with people all the time? And why is that? Mm -hmm. Why is that? That your thoughts take control and you just have too much going on? Or is it just boring? (laughs) Let us know. What does it mean to build a relationship with yourself? That's one's really heavy. That really lines up everything. Is it heavy? (laughs) I think it's heavy. Building a relationship with yourself. I mean, sometimes it feels like it's hard to build a relationship with other people. And now we're like... Now i got to build one with myself, Jokes, too? Jokes, turn that around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, building a relationship with yourself, I feel, goes towards building your confidence and building your self-esteem. Because mm-hmm. when you have that relationship with yourself, you know who you are and you know what decisions to make that are best for you. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a relationship with yourself, then you're not going to be able to prioritize yourself in the same way. And when we say spend time alone, like, it, it might work for some people where it's just like, okay, they're spending time alone and they're with Netflix, they're with their phone. But when you want to build a relationship with yourself, put those distractions to the side and, like, spend time with yourself. It's kind of like like if you're dating, and Kisa gave me this great analogy, when you're dating someone or you want to get to know someone, you spend quality time with them and you you try to find, okay, what makes them tick? Same kind of thing with yourself. Remove the distractions and spend quality time with yourself. Yeah, and if you're not into journaling then maybe do one of the hobbies or activities that you enjoy doing with other people. Maybe you want to pick up a paintbrush and paint. (laughs) Just do something that makes you feel good and see how it feels to do it alone. See, all those things that everyone was just like, do this during COVID. You can keep doing it, even (laughs) if it's not COVID. It doesn't have to be a pandemic. It doesn't. (laughs) Spend time with yourself. Exactly. You can do it on a Thursday, Friday, Tuesday. Make time. (laughs) And you can't run from yourself either. That's also another big thing that I think. Wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) You're still there. (laughs) And so will your relationship with yourself. Yeah, so it's important to build it. So I guess like key questions you can ask yourself is like, do you know yourself? When you think about, like if I'm like, if someone asked me, do you know Kisa? I'd be like, yeah, I know Kisa. Do you know yourself? Like you know your best friend. It's like, oh my gosh, who am I? existential crisis moment happening (laughs) you have an existential crisis on the spot no but knowing yourself knowing who you are what you stand for your likes your dislikes Mm -hmm. um your boundaries yeah your boundaries we want to really at with femininity we really want to discover the light and the dark of you 
Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, to accept both parts. Oh, yeah. That's what it's all about. That's the key is seeing them under, and you don't have to judge yourself. When you lay out all your cards on the table, you don't have to put judgment there with it. You can just see it for as it is. And it's a beautiful thing because that's all of you. Mm -hmm. Kisa, what has been your journey in self-reflection or building a relationship with yourself through self-reflection? Um, well, I think I started pretty young. Um, I was grounded all the time as a teenager. Nice. So That's a good start. I didn't really get to go out and party <laughs> and do all the things that the teenagers were doing. Um, but it gave me a lot to of time to spend with myself. So mm-hmm. I would get into, actually, I don't think I got into meditation when I was in high school. When I was in high school, I think I just started journaling. So just whatever thoughts were running through my mind, because like I said, I have like a lot of masculine energy. So my mind is always going. There's always something I'm thinking about. There's always something I'm thinking about doing. Mm -hmm. So just really documenting all of those thoughts and getting them on a page was sort of like, okay, Mm. wow. Like I can express myself and get those thought bubbles out of my head and onto a page. So now I have the space to breathe. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And, like, that wasn't just, like, after one grounding. Like, that took time and, like, years. I mean, like... I have multiple journals now, and it's pretty cool that I can go back to, like, 2014 and see, like, just how erratic I was. And now (laughs) I'm, like, have actually built towards the person that I want to be, and I can see that because I have it written down Mm. of, like, who I wanted to be and whether I'm aligning or not with those values, I was able to go back and reflect. Actually, when I was journaling, whenever I would start a new journal entry, not every time, but a lot of the time, I would go back on my last entry Mm. and see where I was because it wasn't necessarily consistent. It wasn't every day or every weekend or whatever. It was just when I felt an urge to. Right. So I would go back on my last entry and see where I was and maybe I was like freaking out at the time or trying to make a big decision. And then on the next time I was there, then be like, wow, like I was able to work through this and like, Mm -hmm. here's where I am now. So that really helped me build a relationship with my past selves um, and look at my present self and then see where I want to be in the future. When you think about your journaling, what part, like, I guess like in your, in your self or your building a relationship with yourself journey, what part really sticks out to you the most? Um, I think building my self-confidence I've always been told that I come off as really confident and that Mm. used to shock me because I was like, wow, that's definitely like not how I feel on the inside. Wow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, now I think I am a confident person and like I I know who I am, but for a long time I really didn't and I was like finding myself and when I would say that my parents would just be like, uh, you're Mukisa. (laughs) What more do you need? That's who you've always been. But I was just like, yeah, but like what, what does it mean to be Mukisa? What are... What are my values? So I think learning my values and learning to value myself Mm -hmm. um, was really huge for me. Wow. That's super cool. Yeah. That's super cool. What about you, Irene? What did your journey in building a relationship with yourself look like? Um, Well, (laughs) we are still in the process. We're in the process? That's great. Yeah, we're in the process of building a relationship with myself because I... Um, so even when I was young, I always saw school and activities as like a means to an end. Like, wow, interesting. I, 
I'm gonna go to middle school and do good in middle school so I can do good in high school, do good in high school, go to university, from university, get a great job. Mm-hmm. Step one, two, three, four, <laughs> done. And then um, I did that and I love my career, I love what I'm doing, but there was this moment after I graduated that I was just like, cool what now? Mm-hmm. What what do I do with myself now? I did my, I have my nine to five. I have my challenges at work. I feel successful in my career, but what about me? Yeah. And that's when I was just like, that's, that's when I realized there was a piece of me that wasn't quite fulfilled or, or done yet. And that's also funny enough. That's also when my life really started taking a turn and going like, boom, into the ground and then we built back up (laughs) there's only one place to go from rock bottom and that's up and so I feel like that moment after university it really pivoted me to being like I need to prioritize myself I need to prioritize my needs because in that I realized that when I was in university I was very go mode I was in that survival mode of I need to get my grades I need to do my exam I need to somehow eat and a little bit of shower and then go to my next meeting (laughs) and that was on repeat for I mean university was four years high school was four years after that so like what eight years of my life I was like we need to be on it or we're going to fall and I thought that if I fell I would fail and that was my biggest fear. Oh, yeah. See, you got to give yourself the space to, you know, make mistakes. And yeah. Learn and grow from them. And I had myself in such a tight grip of like, I need to make a career out of myself. Because I think Kisa mentioned this previously of like, we have both immigrant parents and they were in survival mode. So all I wanted was to make them proud of whatever career I was going to obtain. Mm-hmm. And then once I did it, I was like, whew, that was hard. Now what? (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure on um, children of immigrant parents because it's like, wow, like they work so hard for us. They Mm -hmm. sacrifice so much. So I need to be successful. Mm -hmm. But then you got to a place where you were like, okay, so I need to check in with myself. Mm -hmm. So what did you do then? Honestly, I didn't know what to do. (laughs) I think actually I called you, (laughs) which is is just, I was like, Keith, I don't know what to do with myself right now. Um... But I just, a lot of it was exactly what you did. And you told me, spend some time with yourself in the mirror. Take pictures of yourself. Be silly with yourself. Um, I took up modeling as a view to kind of see myself in a different light. And it really, that's kind of when I started to see that difference of like, okay, I'm okay when I'm by myself. And I don't have to worry about my career when I'm not on the clock. Was that a big realization for you? Huge. Yeah. Huge. When you're a student, you're always on the clock. Mm-hmm. And especially when I worked at Dal. So in my third year, to give you a perspective, in my third year, I was taking six courses. The minimum is five. I was taking six courses, doing two part-time jobs on campus, and also leading two leadership positions, volunteer leadership positions um, on campus. And then, you know, trying to have a life because I'm... 19 (laughs) and then all that while you know finding myself so I didn't actually find myself I was just always on the clock so then when I wasn't I was like well who am I now what do I do who do I answer to no one you answer to yourself (laughs) you answer to yourself and yourself only that was a really big moment for me that's amazing. Yeah, that was my kind of relationship. So I'm a work in progress, and that's okay. <laughs> I think it's really interesting that we both naturally answered that question with going back to our childhood selves. Yeah. 
which is a really good segue into our next portion of have you checked in with your wounded child? Mm-hmm. Because our childhood really shapes who we are, how we were raised shapes who we are, what our values are, and sometimes also your triggers. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, the people that raised us, whoever that is for you and whoever that is for anyone listening, they were the first people that we heard. And sometimes that first voice turns into that forever inner voice. Absolutely. Um, and that's that that can even result into a trigger or result into that like endless drive of pride. But that's something that's also in the who do we need to be or who who do we need to look at to be a better us? Exactly. I think there is a lot of people who might be able to resonate with the sort of the motherly voice, which, of course, uh, my mother always had the best intentions for me. But I also received a lot of her comments as very critical. Mm -hmm. So then that voice that forms in my head is like very critical. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you wearing? Why are you going out? Who are you going to see? Why aren't you working? Shouldn't you be working? <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't you be working? Man, that's on repeat. That one right there. Like a bad 90s record. That one right there. <laughs> but it's true because, like, and I notice also the things that I keep in my head are always the negatives. Mm-hmm. Which is also really interesting because someone will compliment me day and night. But if they say one small thing, I'm like, oh my god. That's what you harp on. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. But it's like, no, you, we have to remember the whole. And sometimes that's like how we reflect is like by looking at the whole situation mm-hmm. that happens. And you're like, oh, that actually was really good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and being able to reflect on that and maybe see it from a new perspective. Yeah. Definitely. So that's important to identify what's happening in your head, uh, what that voice is saying to you, whether it's critical, whether mm-hmm. it's positive, whether it's masculine, whether it's feminine. Um, and then working through that voice and building a better foundation. Definitely. Maybe unlearning some of those patterns. Oh, yeah. Those limiting beliefs. We can, like, we can work through those limiting beliefs together. We don't have to have them around. <laughs> and feminine fem entity can help you. Oh, yeah. We have, like we keep saying, our diverse directory. And one thing that makes it so cool and fascinating for me is we have an array of mindset leaders, embodiment leaders, shadow workers from all over North America whose passion is to help find balance for people. So if you're someone who is new and you're just like, I want to explore my demons and I don't know where to start, honey, we got a shadow worker (laughs) waiting to talk to you. If you're someone that's just like, I need help in my mindset to guide my mindset, we got mindset leaders ready to talk to you and like passionate to talk to you and wants to be involved in that crazy set of mindset that you might think you have yeah so be prepared to open up (laughs) yeah so another question that we always kind of when we're self-reflecting in building that relationship with yourself is do you accept the person that you are yeah, that is a huge question. Mm-hmm. I was actually having a conversation with my coworker the other day about our favorite types of therapy. And Ooh, we've fun both... light topics. <laughs> really light topics for work, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we both agree that acceptance and commitment therapy is our favorite because it's mainly about acknowledging what's happening. What is acceptance and commitment therapy? Are you going into that? Yeah, I okay. mean, I'm not a therapist, so I can't tell you exactly what it is. But from my experience, it's really just about rather than 
focusing on trying to change your behavior, change this or change that. It's just about accepting who you are mm-hmm. and committing to that person. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So there's no, I guess, voice in the back of your mind that's saying that you need to change or be a different person or you shouldn't be doing this or mm-hmm. that. It's just like, okay, this is who I am. I can accept that about myself. Mm-hmm. And that's hard, too, because once you start opening the box, it's like opening Pandora's box, right? Everything, especially if you've suppressed that for so long, when you open it up, you got everyone's got demons, everyone's got skeletons, those dark parts. Nobody wants to face it, but that's that growing maturity model that when you reach it and you go through it and you find your peace, oh, it's such bliss. Yeah, and nobody is perfect, so we shouldn't aim for a standard of perfection. Mm-hmm. We should aim for acceptance. Acceptance. Aim for acceptance. Because really, what we want to do is just accept who we are. And we always say, this journey of self-acceptance, you never have to do alone. We got consultants. We got us. Yeah. So reach out to us if you want to learn how to accept yourself. <laughs> if you want to learn more. Um, but also, how can you start this journey of acceptance? So... Bringing it back to your body. So that is a huge one. I think a lot of people struggle with body image issues. Mm -hmm. So I think something that has really helped me in accepting my body is affirmations. Definitely. That one's huge. Yeah. Being able to, I think affirmations. So just saying like, I accept my body and also appreciating, bringing gratitude to your body. Oh yeah. Of like, wow, like my two legs have brought me through my whole life (laughs) and to this place where I am today. Like, thank you. Amen. You did that. I, I actually reflect, I, I connect with that really strongly because a year ago, a year I got um, the vaccination and my whole immune system shut down mm-hmm. to a point where I was thrown back to that seven-year-old girl who did things for her eczema to tame it. Um, and it, and realizing coming at the time, oh my goodness, my world was in shambles. I thought I was like, it was the worst thing in the world for this to happen. Um, but really it, it was my body regrowing what it needs to build the antibodies and to be at a stronger place than it was before. I needed my body to break down to come back up stronger. And now when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was an amazing journey. I'm glad I had it. Did I think that at the time? No, never would I ever, like I would never want my body to itch from head to toe ever again. But was that something I'm like, my body can do everything? Now I'm just like, I'm unstoppable yeah you come out stronger in the end definitely yeah another thing that you can do when you're starting your journey of like just acceptance is in your spirituality yeah tell us about spirituality spiritual so this is always an interesting topic because you think feminine and masculine energies and the whole concept of divine energy matches with spirituality spirituality the way I see it we see it personally is that connection that you have to a higher purpose a higher source or some people call it the divine god Allah whatever it is it's always for me I always say it's always nice to know that you're not always in control of your life and that's a scary thought for a lot of people is to think like I'm off the reins but actually there's someone more knowing, more higher than you, more well-capable that actually has a better plan for you. You just don't know it yet. 
Yeah, what's that quote? It's like, while you're making plans, God is laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so you think you know what you're doing, but he already know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I think it just reminds me of also like when I went to Cape Breton and we just we had a bonfire and we just sat outside and looked at the stars. Beautiful. Yeah, it was really beautiful. It was like outside of the city, right? So you can actually see the sky and you feel <laughs> so small. Mm. And I actually really like that feeling of small because sometimes we can be so self-important. Like, you know, if mm-hmm. I don't get this done, the whole world is going to fall apart. But sometimes bringing it back to like, you know, from somebody else's perspective, you're just as small as an ant. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay. It's okay. You can accept yourself. <laughs> And then another big one, whenever you're working with acceptance, is working with your emotions through those heightened periods to acceptance. Yeah. So working through your emotions, maybe, maybe a difficult one. Oh, it's difficult. I mean, it's not, it's not something you do on a light day. It's not a Sunday walk. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Um, but I really relate to this whenever like I'm really, really angry. Or for me, whenever I get angry, I get louder believe it or not. Um, but it's when I get angry, what I used to do is just walk away. And some people would say, yeah, that's the best thing to do. But actually for me, I need to say my thoughts, not with anger, but just my thoughts. And if that comes out loud, I mean, that's where I am in the moment, but not to hurt someone or to make someone feel bad, but just say, Hey, I'm feeling this type of way. And I need you to know about it. And not say, you caused me to feel this, just I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, like this is stemming I from myself. I feel statements. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely a big one. I bring it back to my childhood, the way that we would cope when things got difficult emotionally was to walk away. Mm. So that, that sort of was how I was raised to deal with things, just walk away, don't talk about it, and then later we'll come back together and everything will be fine. And then I met Catherine. <laughs> Catherine is one of my best friends. And she, love Catherine. she wears her heart on her sleeve. Mm-hmm. She did not allow me to be able to um, just suppress my emotions like I was doing. Mm-hmm. She would call me up and we're going to talk about it until this is resolved. Mm-hmm. So that was really difficult for me because I was so used to just pushing down my emotions, pushing them down, always walking away. Um, so she really helped to push me to actually express what I was feeling and maybe why something happened. Yeah, it was actually a very, like, key role in my emotional Mm -hmm. development because nobody else was challenging me in that way. Yeah. So her being like, no, like, I'm feeling all of this and I need to understand where you're coming from made me express where I was coming from. Amazing. Yeah, and that got us to both a place where we could understand each other and come back together in love. Yeah, and that's really what you want. And then when you come back together, you're your acceptance for the whole situation. You're like, yeah, I like that we went through that. Yeah, exactly. Because maybe you get a perspective that you didn't know. You Mm -hmm. were just going to like brush over it. But then you're like, oh, wow, that's really enlightening. Mm -hmm. And it feels better. Or that really affected someone. Mm -hmm. But it might have not affected you. Mm -hmm. And that's a new perspective too. Good point. Mm. But really, at the end of the day, it's really great if you can like harness all three of these, your body, spirituality, and your emotions. But honey, we know... 
it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a process. It's so, a process. We're talking about over a number of years that we've developed these skills. Oh, yeah. It's still developing these still skills. Still developing these <laughs> skills. But, like, lean into that vulnerability. Lean into that uncomfortable until it somehow miraculously feels comfortable for you. Yes. Lean into that vulnerability. I know nobody wants to be vulnerable these days, but you got to put yourself with people who are vulnerable mm-hmm. and... Yeah, we do yeah. it until it feels comfortable. So we invite you just to be. Like, not to... I know you're probably listening, listening to this or watching this, whatever have you, but just, like, take a moment, pause the video, and just, like, be with yourself. What are you doing? What do you see around you? What are you experiencing? What are you feeling? Just, just be. What are you feeling? How do you process stress? Oh, yeah. Are you stressed? Why are you stressed? Yeah. <laughs> and how do you release it? And let's just use that uncomfortability of being just you to feel comfortable. And it's a really, makes your mind do weird tricks. (laughs) Cause you're just like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I shouldn't be feeling this. I shouldn't do this. But actually, yeah, do it. And then do it again. That's a good point. Sometimes we think because we're uncomfortable, it's wrong. But like I said before, being uncomfortable is the first step in growth. Mm -hmm. because how do you work through that and come to an even better spot than you were before definitely feel like rewind this episode if you need to like figure out like hey where did I where did I miss or I want to hear her say that again to help your soul find that peace amazing and in our next episode we're going to flip it to the outside and talk about acknowledging your body's needs so until next time darlings Bye. Bye.